This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we're discussing the county civil grand jury accusing Sheriff Lori Smith of corrupt conduct, as well as a historic theater that sold for more than a million dollars at a recent auction. A civil grand jury is formally accusing Santa Clara County Sheriff Lori Smith of corrupt conduct, taking its accusations to the Superior Court. Joining me now to discuss this is senior reporter Eli Wolf. How's it going, Eli? Good, Nick. So what kind of accusations is the grand jury making against the sheriff? So there are a handful of counts in the accusation that address alleged corrupt conduct by the sheriff. Uh, probably the most serious is the claim that Smith was granting concealed carry firearm licenses to uh, campaign donors, members of the sheriff's advisory board nonprofit, and uh, prominent members of the community, which are referred to as VIPs in the uh, uh, accusation. There are also a couple counts uh, relating to her allegedly accepting uh, unlawful gifts and lying about it. And finally, there's a claim that she failed to cooperate with a uh, auditing body for the county that is investigating the sheriff's investigation of an incident in 2018 where a uh, mentally ill inmate named Andrew Hogan was injured while he was being transported for a medical service. Right. And we've reported on the Hogan incident before. We're a little familiar with that. Uh, That's followed Smith around for a number of years now. But tell us a little bit more about this alleged gift giving. What was that about? So the accusation claims that Smith attended a Sharks hockey game in 2019, where she accepted tickets to a suite used by an insurance firm. Um, The counts don't contain a ton of details about this, but they claim the value of the tickets, food and uh, beverages that I guess she accepted were worth more than $500. Uh, which means that she had to report it publicly. Uh, Apparently, she did not report this on her economic statement of interest form, uh, which all uh, public officials have to submit. So the civil grand jury has accused her of committing perjury because she signed the form attesting that it was true. Uh, It's also, sorry, it's also worth noting, um, you know, this issue was the subject of a criminal grand jury. uh, So this has actually been another longstanding thorn for Smith. I see. And what does Smith have to say about these claims? So I haven't heard from the sheriff yet, nor does it look like she said anything publicly since the accusation was filed earlier this week. Uh, She's supposed to appear at a hearing for the accusation on January 12th. So I imagine we'll hear something uh, in the near future. I I did hear from a source at the jail who says morale among sheriff personnel is at an all-time low, um, which makes sense because it's been a pretty rough year for the office. Right. Just real quick before we delve into that a little further, how likely is it that Smith will actually end up in a trial over these accusations? Isn't this something that the DA could pursue if he chose to do so? Yeah, it's hard to say right now. Um, The DA could bring Smith to trial uh, to remove her from office. Uh, The accusation we reviewed had a witness list of 65 people who spoke with the civil grand jury uh, during its investigation, and that includes uh, assistant DAs, current and former sheriff personnel, judges, and uh, you know prominent business people in the community. So, uh, if they, it seems like they have the information, uh, you know, necessary to take this uh, as far as they want to go with it. Now, final point here, um, getting to what you were saying about you know this just being like the latest accusation in a long line of things the sheriff has faced this year. Tell us about some of the criticism and the issues that Smith has faced uh, over the course of 2021. Yeah. So earlier this year, the Board of Supervisors demanded outside state and federal investigations uh, into Smith's handling of the county jail. The the main issue really has to do with a rash of injuries and a death involving mentally ill inmates. But the referral that they filed also raised questions about uh, possible corruption relating to the issue with the concealed weapons licenses um, and favorable treatment given to campaign donors. 
Um, the board also took a vote of no confidence in Smith and, uh, uh, in a fairly unusual move, San, uh, San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo also went public in demanding her resignation. Um, outside of this, uh, you know, community activists want Smith gone. Um, they blame her for not doing enough to improve conditions in the jails. And uh, they've staged a number of protests this year, uh, both over Smith's conduct and also against the construction of a new jail facility. And on top of all of this, uh, Smith is facing three new challengers in the 2022 election. So given all these pressures, um, it's not really clear what's going to happen to her next year, but um, it'll be interesting to see if she sticks around for her re-election. Looking for a way to unwind after work or on the weekends? Purple Lotus has plenty of premium cannabis products to choose from. The family-owned business, located at 752 Commercial Street in San Jose, offers great customer service, a comfortable atmosphere, and top-quality cannabis. With more than 50 strains of the Bay Area's most exotic flower and hundreds of products to choose from, there's something for every customer. Purple Lotus offers daily specials on a variety of products, as well as a 15% discount to seniors and veterans, a 10% discount to people with disabilities, and even a 5% discount for students at regional universities. Right now, shoppers can get up to 25% off next day delivery orders, 25% off when you spend $300, and 15% off when you spend $200. For more information, visit plpcsanjose.com. Hi, I'm Ramona Guevargas, CEO and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. And I'm Josh Bruce, Executive Director and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported, nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. And if you make a tax-deductible donation today, it will be matched dollar for dollar as part of our end-of-year fundraising campaign, Newsmatch. Give now, give nonprofit. The historic Burbank Theater, a 72-year-old building that's been abandoned since about 2019, got picked up in an auction earlier this week for $1.6 million. Joining me now to discuss this is reporter Tron Nguyen. How's it going, Tron? Good. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, Tron, what is the Burbank Theater and why is it significant? Yeah, so the Burbank Theater um, is located in the Burbank neighborhood, an, an unincorporated neighborhood that borders San Jose. Originally, this was a neighborhood, a classic neighborhood movie theater, uh, was built in 1949. So it's, like you said, 72 years old. Um, it's had kind of like an art deco um, architecture style. Um, and most of all, it has this iconic um, three sign neon sign. Um, that used to light up um, and it bears the name of the neighborhood. So a lot of people, you know, although this building has been sitting vacant for quite a while now, um, a lot of people in the neighborhood still have a soft spot for it, um, especially with the um, with the iconic sign. Right. And now with this iconic sign, it was once seen as a glowing landmark in this Burbank neighborhood. That's not the case now. Uh, tell us what happened. Right. Like I said, um, this, when it's opened in 1951, um, you know, it was a classic neighborhood movie theater, um, but with um, waning interest in movie theaters um, in the later decades, um, on top of that, um, with the Interstate 280 coming in, the theater lost its parking lot, um, and it kind of falling into disrepair since then um it trying to pivot into kind of like adult film house um in seven 1970s um 
and then it just kind of um you know fall into disrepair um and the neighborhood um and other people in the city has trying to revitalize it um turning into a dance studio um i think at some point somebody was thinking it to turn it into an islamic center um but those really didn't pan out because of the lack of parking lot um and then i believe in 2019 um the building went into foreclosure and is now owned by US Bank National Association it's it's now just been sitting vacant um collecting a lot of vandalism and graffiti now it sold earlier this week uh 1.6 million that's a lot of money uh maybe not in the context of some of these other properties that have sold in San Jose but there's a lot of money to us definitely what do we know about this auction and who the buyer was Yeah, so this auction went up um just this Monday a couple of days ago um and went through um Wednesday where an unknown buyer um placed a bid of 1.6 million dollars. Um this is quite a bid uh since we've been following the auction and the first couple of days uh we've seen a, a bid coming in at $600,000. dollars. Um, I've talked to a couple of people who've also follow uh, this auction and they said although that numbers might be, you know, seems big, but the building has been listed at that price previously. Um so it wasn't a big surprise um to the neighborhood or to the people that interested in this building. Um the question is right now is that we really don't know who this buyer is. Um and we probably won't find out until all the paperwork is finalized in January um or the buyer decided to identify themselves. Right. And you know there are some in the city who have hope uh for the future of this theater. Um uh, some are concerned it might be torn down for something else. Um some are talking about a revitalization efforts and what that could mean for the neighborhood. So um who are the people and how are they envisioning this space being used who who are these preservationists that you've talked to sure so one of them is Ben Leach um he's the executive director of preservation action council of San Jose um he's actually the one in the community that um that found out about this auction when he's trying to put together a list of all um of they call it um in danger eight um so the most threatened buildings or structure in in San Jose and in San Jose area um that's most threatened and the Burbank Theater um was actually on the list um you know this organization along with the Burbank Community Association neighborhood there um really wants to see this place become a gathering place for the community um if they said that if you drive down South Bascom Avenue um right now there's not a lot of businesses or establishment that would actually serve the community's need um and having this iconic um you know structurally sound buildings still in their neighborhood with such history and with such unique architectural style they hoping this could turn into um you know another art based institution or just simply um a place where storefront can um or businesses can come in um and become coffee shops um things like that where people can come and meet each other and hang out um but as of now um since we don't know what might happen to the building um those are just 
visions and dreams as of, at this point. Right. And I'm sure we'll follow up on this once we actually know who the buyer is and what the uh, plans for the building are. Thank you so much, Tron. I appreciate you coming on. Of course. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.